out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good morning. Day 37 of 100 Days of Calling. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's awesome. So this this is a you-centric query into what is on your nuclear bucket list. If we are facing mutually assured destruction, nuclear annihilation, what is it that you want to do with your life in the course of, like, say, a day? Maybe 18 hours, if that. So we got, I think we got a couple callers. We got Jonathan and Mace, who I, I these are great guys. Let me go ahead and take Mace. So Mace called in. Oh, I guess he's gone now. Does anybody else want to call in? And, and let me invite the people. Let me go ahead and invite all the people. Good morning, Mace. And all the people. Burr, burr, burr. Is your is your mic working? Let me see if I can do it. How's it going? Sorry, I pressed the wrong button. I like to to imitate your voice. <laughs> I probably don't do it right. I'll ha- I'll I'll work on it. I'll work on it. So what's on your nuclear bucket list? Um, hmm. Like you have like 18 hours. What are you going to do? I'd probably do some pretty immoral things if I knew the world was ending tomorrow. <laughs> well, start with, the, start with the PG ones and then you can just, you know, kind of insinuate what you would otherwise do. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I'd probably just sulk. Well, you wouldn't go be with your people. You wouldn't like eat a big meal or something. You I mean, go... I might, I might eat comfort food, but like, I'm not gonna spend the last day of the world in a healthy manner. I'm gonna be crying in a dark room somewhere. Oh, oh, that is. That is sad to me because, like, if if uh, if we are facing nuclear annihilation, I would do I would do absolutely joyful things I would never get to do anymore. My favorite things I would do all my favorite things as as, okay, as rapidly as possible. Give me one example and I'll ruin it for you. <laughs> no, I don't want to be ruined. I want I would like I wouldn't spend it with anybody who makes me makes me feel bad. That's that's the, one of the first things I would do. I would run away. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend any time with people who bring me down or make me feel bad. That's 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 one of the things I do. I would. I would spend time with with people I love and and um, who will who will let me be happy. Um, if I had 18 hours to live and that's it, I would just spend it all all my time with people who who um, will let me be happy and want me to be happy. That's what I would so, do. So no one then. No, there's a lot of people. There's a bunch of people who want want happiness. They they would rather they would rather be happy in the last 18 hours of their life than sad. Now, if you were happy to be sad, I'm sure there there will be a group of sad crying people who will definitely embrace you and let you be sad. Because if you want to cry and be sad, they'll want to cry and be sad too. So you didn't have any activities planned then. I did. I did. I just wanted this to you and and what you wanted to do on your last. Well, day. there is there isn't really anything that you can do because no one's going to be working. Okay, so you think everybody will just take the day off? 
why would anyone go to work if they know well some people just want to keep their hands busy and they they want to see people and that's how they get to see people but you know i i it's not up to me you know like i i don't get to spend other people's days the way i want them to spend it i would spend my day the way i want to spend it so i'm asking you how you would want to spend it give me an activity you think would still be possible well, um, you could go to the store for a little bit, and if you did, what would you get and, and take home? Um, I think the store will probably be looted first thing in the morning. Um, and I wake up quite late. By the time I wake up, the store's empty. Hmm. Well, if it's open and people are operating for a few limited hours... Um, just for for civil civil capability, then I would get all the flowers that I possibly could. I just I would just buy all the flowers, and then I would go home and I would make the biggest meal ever. Like I cook all the food in the house, <laughs> and then I would I would make an enormous meal, way more than I could have possibly eat ever ever ever, and then I would serve it outside for people to come by, and we could just eat and drink. And uh, sit around and, you know, be on the grass and in nature as best we could in an in a, in a 18 hours time. And then, you know, you could retreat to do private things and then come back and you could read to one another. And then, you know, or listen to as much music as you possibly can in 18 hours. You know, all the different types of music. And then, and then you know, and then you get blown up. <laughs> you really you seem to think that an apocalypse would be extremely civilized no i mean I, I i don't think it would be civilized or or uncivilized i'm just i'm just speaking of my personal bucket list like what i would like to do you're That's... yeah but you mentioned being friendly to people who are passing by and offering them food and stuff but like, it might it might make things dangerous. easier because when people are miserable, like say after a wake, if somebody dies, one of the first things that you do is you offer them food, and then you sit there and you listen to them, and it, it helps every everything when you sit and you listen. How do you know that anyone who walks past isn't looking to carry out some sick fantasy that they now have the opportunity to do without any consequences? I don't, but you know, I guess I, I guess I believe in the in the greater nature of most people, and and I know my neighbors, and and they're probably gonna want to do things like stay home, and you know, I, I generally am going to gamble on the on the greatness, uh, the great nature of my neighbors. Like if they had 18 hours to live, they're probably gonna focus on their priorities rather than than you know doing doing evil acts to get back at God or something. So, but you know, I I don't know. But I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what I want to do, which is, you know, if it's something positive and, and I have, like, like something positive that I want to do, I don't want to be deterred from doing things that I, I think are cool. So, you know, if you want to be sad, you know, I would say that that's, that's, that's okay. That's the right thing to do. If, it, if the world is ending, you know, you know, I would be sad. Maybe somebody would, would cry with you, and that would, you know, but to be together... Well, I didn't say I want to be sad. I'm just being realistic. That's yeah, it would be a sad I'm time. Like. It would be a very sad time. If you had 18 hours left to mutually distribute... Oh, oh, and I would go to the zoo. I would go to the zoo and see all the animals. 
I would go to the zoo and I would see all of the animals and um, say goodbye to all the animals and then be with my cats. And then... The zoo's an interesting one because if no one's working there... Mm-hmm. Um... You'd be surprised. Uh, I think the zoo people would, would be there with the animals until the end. I think that that's what they would do if you know zoo people. Mm. Even so, do you really want to see animals in cages? I want to see animals. You know, just, you know, and if they're, they're in confined spaces, there wouldn't be very much, there wouldn't be a lot of time to change their environment differently in 18 hours time so you could get to see them all before they all go away I'm trying to be realistic relatively realistic yeah and then I, can, and then I, would, I can believe I would, some of the zoo staff would probably want to spend their time with the animals yeah yeah I, I really believe that but if you plan planning to go bungee jumping then forget it bungee jumping employees aren't going to be working no, no, they're not. They might, uh, they might just take liberties, and if they really like jump, bungee jumping, they'll just do as much as they possibly can. If they really like it, which I think they would. <laughs> they would, they would get drunk and do bungee jumping. Does anybody else want to come up here and talk about their bucket list? I'm going to call Jonathan. He's got interesting things to say. Also, Greg. Let's see here, I'm going to invite you to speak. Greg, you're next, so stay with us. Hello? You're live. Uh, I'm live. I would probably go sailing. You go sailing? Yeah. The thing is, I'm already living my bucket list because. Really, right now? The impending doom is, you know, not going to be maybe literally nuclear. It's going to be systemic and financial and. I'd left Iowa about three weeks ago. Where? Where'd you go? I'm in St. Mary's, Georgia, on a boat already, sailboat. You know, living in a boat, on a boat. That's cool! Because I'm already doomsday prepping, in a sense. Because, you know, you have to just be able to pick up an anchor and leave. Huh. Do whatever you want, go wherever you want. And even if it doesn't collapse, I think the fear of collapse will make this a saleable skill. Okay, saleable. B- before you go any further, I'm going to ask everybody to, to go visit the little man with the plus at the bottom and invite more people because I want to hear more bucket lists. I want to hear what people would do the last 18 hours of their life. I really want to hear this. Like, if I, It's not going to be as good if I'm sitting here talking about myself. I want to hear what other people would do. And definitely Greg. So go ahead, Jonathan. Greg would go on a uh, killing spree and and Ukraine killing uh, Russians. I know that already. <laughs> Nobody would do. He's not. He's not talking. He, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he comes up here and contradicts that. But yeah, you know, I, I'm a, basically I want to be able to. I love sailing. It feels very free. It's uh, that's what I would do. I would probably. I mean, if I really thought it was impending nuclear disaster, I also go raid the liquor store and just get drunk. Okay. Okay. So you you get what would you get? What would you buy? Or what would you what would you retrieve? What would you get? I am partial to gin myself. You're a gin man. Yeah, I'm a gin man. Okay, and what would you put in your gin drinks? 
what I, I put in my gin, I put in, well, if you're going to go all out, you make it a Tom Collins. It's like simple syrup, club soda, and then a uh, uh, little bit of either that pomegranate uh, grenadine or just a cherry with some cherry juice. Like like the maraschino stuff? Yeah, or yeah, you can just use a, a cherry. Mm-hmm. But it's like a the poor man's uh, Tom Collins is really just gin and diet 7-Up. Really? Yeah, I mean. How I mean, about the sad man's Collins? Sad man's Collins is just gin. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna invite Greg now. Cause this, is, I mean, it's it's the last it's the last 18 hours of living. You know, Putin's gonna blow us all up, and then we're gonna have to blow up him. So, so uh, he's gonna have to tell us what he's gonna do in the last 18 hours of his life. I think getting drunk sounds like probably a good idea. I'd probably do the same. I'd definitely try to get some people to come over who have amazing weed. I'd probably get Brady to bring over weed if he, you know, if he'd get here in time. Um, yeah, I just saw Willie Nelson on C-SPAN yesterday at a Beto O'Rourke's uh, oh. speech that he gave in Texas. He's running for governor of Texas, I think. Mm-hmm. Willie Nelson was there, and if Willie Nelson is like got the best weed, if if Snoop Dogg smokes with you and just like I've never been that high, that's how you know your weed is the best. Yeah, Willie Willie's Willie's got the he's he's, got he's old and he's got the recipes, man. He's, yeah, he's if got they say the weed's bad for you, then why is he still alive? I don't know, man. I I just I'm not the science on that one, but you know I know that people who who smoke out and do it. Um, Appropriately, or they smoke appropriately for them, they're okay. I mean, I've never seen anybody really be too crazy. Now, there is a resurrection of these claims of reefer madness, so I think it's possible that, you know, weed is not a good medicine for everyone. I think you're just seeing Gen Z madness that's triggered by weed, that's all. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any generalized conclusions to make about whole generation because I think I think there are still a bunch of individuals I think that that generation has really been through a lot and you know I, I respect I respect some of the pain like they have genuinely endured but I'm not gonna get the attention seeking pain you know the attention you know and you have to know the difference you have to know or be able to determine what the difference is between. Yeah, because people will say they've been through nothing, but then you have to also consider that the most uh, pernicious form of abuse is neglect. And so, mm. yeah, have, they've been through so much nothing, so much nothing, that it's traumatizing. It's like mm. being in isolation. That's like torture, right? Because of all the nothing that you have to deal with. Yeah. And that's what their it, generation Being told is you're not good with. enough to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're not. And it's, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy because now they're not literal enough to be worth talking to, because it's like talking to a damn wall. But that's not really their fault, you know. Hmm. The Gen X Gen X was raised on television and public education, and so they. And didn't what generation see the are you, Jonathan? Just out of I'm curiosity. Sort of, I'm sort of Gen X, but also sort of millennial. It depends, like on the. I'm a sort of a cusp between the two see i was oh okay you could say that i am the i am the cusp because even though some people put me in the millennial group like i grew up a rural and b with siblings who were born in the 70s so like i'm culturally 
more Gen X and I was insulated from a lot of millennial stuff and millennial culture when my friends would make references to Nickelodeon. Mm. I did not know what they're talking about. Okay. So like I have Gen X values and thought processes, even though I, by some lines of delineation, belong to the millennial group. But we, Gen X, were raised on you know, and it's like oh, they put you in front of the TV as a babysitter. But so that's why the Gen X, when they became parents, they put a smartphone in front of their kid's hand and thought that was a babysitter because they didn't they didn't respect the difference. Mm. They didn't respect the interactivity and the way it can supplant sort of those whole areas of your brain that are meant to recognize facial expressions and whole language centers that get developed when you talk to people and they come to school they don't know anything and I'm like oh no one talks to you no, forget about it. no one reads to you they don't know anything they drop really obvious words mm. and it's just like oh yeah you're not worth talking to so I'm not going to talk to you but that makes it worse and now they well, have this frustration not socializing or, or it being ignoring a person when you have responsibility for them is um, is is damaging especially if it's a caretaker it yeah, is they don't know what to say though you know, because they're confused, too, about what's important, what's worth saying, uh, the direction the world's going. Welcome, Daniel. Let me, uh, before Daniel uh, talks together, okay, Mace is Generation Z, and um, I, I'm really glad he's here talking to us. And it's Greg, Greg Slam uh, says shoot, about on Putin. one second. I can't hear you. Okay. So I'm just going to read these comments uh, from, from Greg, if you so don't sorry, mind. I so, really want to hear. Uh, Putin's net nuclear blackmail. When you give into it, you empower dictators to do it again, encourage worldwide nuclear proliferation, and make nuclear war much, much more likely. So what I wanted to say to that is that in the 80s, this is the kind of stuff that people would do on a regular basis, you know, talk about their nuclear bucket list. Um, There's a film that came out called... Um, uh, Oh my god. It I just spaced it, but basically it was the last day or something like that. It was like the last day. And um it I'm was all so about... sorry. I keep like uh my headphones keep dropping in and out. Well, I mean, why don't I just um put you back in the listener queue for a minute and then and then when yeah. you're ready I to I actually come wanted back. to speak on what Jonathan was saying. I uh, Oh, okay, you my can do that. on linguistics and I thought that was really fascinating. Uh it's it's actually absolutely true that we we see with uh especially in early childhood education that yeah when children are communicated with then i'm glad you called yeah, in by the way their communicative means are severely diminished um and so i didn't know i didn't actually wasn't sure how that applied to what was what the topic was but i, I just well i mean it was right it was an offshoot and he wanted to talk and, about uh, it i thought that was really interesting that that somehow came up as part of this discussion. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just kind of an offshoot of what Jonathan wanted to say. I don't remember the segue. I don't. Uh, I, I asked him what generation, because he was, he was speaking of the generations, and then he, he commented towards, you know, it, you know, one of the, I guess, points of care that he has towards that generation. Um, so, Daniel, what's on your bucket list? Um, yeah. What would you do if you had, like, 18 hours to live? I think uh, <laughs> I think that's a that's a really funny question. Like it's it's just uh, we'll be honest. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I have three children, uh, so I definitely wouldn't be going too wild. It would just be like severely depressing to me for them. Mm. Would you do fun uh, things with them, like play with all the toys and um, go outside and run out? Would you let them do things they wouldn't ever get to do normally? Yeah, for sure. All, you know, it, it'd probably mostly be food-based. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said something similar. Like, I would cook all the food in the house. I would, I would cook way more food than I ever needed to, to cook. Yeah. And then, um, and then I would invite everybody to come eat it. But I think everybody else would be doing the same thing, so I could go over there and I could eat some of their food and they'd come over and eat some of my food. And yeah, I'd like to spend time I, outside. Like, I want to I wanna be outside. So we should just have a potluck then. Yeah, an, an enormous... I think it would so. just actually just occur. I think people would just cook yeah. a bunch and then people would just be eating and drinking like crazy. Yeah, I, I was just lamenting to my wife last night that... Uh, you know, neither of us have a strong, like, uh, like food heritage, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, you can create one if you don't have one. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, like, we're both basically like Scandinavian, uh, like in America, and it's like neither of our uh, parents, like neither of our mothers, were like great cooks, uh, and Gold even then, like herring. our. our our grandmothers weren't yeah exactly our grandmothers weren't great cooks either and like we're just watching a show last night where it's you know like these italian nonas and i'm like i'm so jealous that like i would love to have that strong cultural and and you know like uh historical connection to some kind of food uh well i mean there's there's are you are you american yeah, yeah, I am. So you know. Okay, so you could totally pull from every. You could That's pull. Right, for yeah, sure. you could be. Yeah, you could be. You could get yourself an American nationalist cookbook, and then do your own <laughs> rendition. Well, I don't know what else to call it, but you get yourself a no, good sure. old. No, you're right. You're right. Your your good old it's... American nationalist cookbook because it doesn't have to be Swedish, but if you want to rope in some Swedish, you can because there are Swedish yeah. chefs, right? It's like am I, am corn I right? and apple pie. I just you know, made biscuits maybe. and gravy this morning. Hey, biscuits and it's gravy great. is is something that Americans should be very proud of. I don't know, like, is it is that where did that originally come from? Is that is it German? It's or is southern. It like, it's a southern. Is um, it just? A, is it per? Is it actually purely American? I don't know. It's really delicious, though. It's like clandestine yeah, food. I'll go to yeah. To, I don't know why it's so like clandestine. Like I want to eat it every now and then. Like I gotta the have it. Is, the trick is you take a cup of buttermilk and you put it in the freezer for about fifteen oh to gosh. twenty minutes, right? And then you melt okay. you melt a stick of butter in, like in the microwave or on the, st- on the stovetop, and then you pour the melted butter into almost frozen buttermilk, and it sort of beads up into these tiny little globules. That sounds great. Right, because usually the, the, the experts will make will spend forever folding the butter with their hands into the flour to get that flaky yes. biscuit texture. But if you do this, it's way easier because then you, you stir it until it globs up, and then you pour your hot, cold buttermilk butter mixture into the dry mix and just stir it with a fork. 
and then at, at the end you can yeah you just gotta form you gotta it. flake it yeah you but you can just stir it with a fork and then you just form biscuits with your hands and, you know about the size oh, less than the size of your fist I guess but then put it in the oven and that's it that's it's super easy yeah and simple then, yeah, that's fantastic yeah and then the gravy is just a matter of babysitting it because you have to get the milk. You have to get it hot enough that the flour vaporizes in, inside of the yeah, milk. Yeah, you got to use vaporizes. the right amount of flour, otherwise you just have paste. Yeah, which is about three <laughs> rounded <laughs> tablespoons. Mmm, like, paste! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's more about the temperature regulation. Like, because you have to get it hot enough to dissolve the flour, but then it, you, it'll, if you get it that hot, you have to gradually turn it down while you stir okay, it. Okay, so, so Jonathan's burn. coming to my house. He's going to teleport to my house and make biscuits yeah, on the last 18 hours of my life. And we're, yeah, he's going to make our, our biscuits and gravy. And then, and then Daniel, you're going to come over, and we're all going to get drunk. But somebody's going to watch your kids. Okay. okay. <laughs> that, that works. Does that work? Does that yeah. work? Is, does yeah. anybody else want to – I mean, is there anything else on your nuclear bucket list that you would do? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I said start with the PG stuff. Some, some of it won't be sure, PG. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, mostly, I, you know – Go ahead. I I think I I'm not like is this you know are you are you worried that this is actually going to happen? I'm not. I'm no, no, it is purely it. recreational. Uh, yeah, this is totally just for fun. It's for comic relief, honestly. That's all it is. Okay. <laughs> this I mean, is an unserious. Because... This is what people used to do in the '80s. The day after. Yes. That's the name of the film. That people would watch. Yes. Does do you, Jonathan? Did you ever see the day after? No. Okay, that is a Gen X experience. In in like 1983, I think there was a big, like blockbuster made for TV film called The Day After, and most people in America watched that film with bated breath. Everybody watched it. I think it aired on ABC, and um. And so people were just glued to the television in 1983 and watched this movie. I watched it. People watched it with their children because it was about the the prospect of an actual nuclear event. And my my spouse is actually working on. It's so weird how nuclear um, consciousness is is really you know what people's fears and you know the things that are kind of going at the same time. He's actually been working on a special effect for a nuclear mushroom cloud for about a month. And wow. you know, so every time I walk into his office, he's working What's on he doing some that for the CIA. No, he's doing it for a video game <laughs> I'm company. Just Everybody's, totally you know, like, yeah, everybody's a little like, bit militant about that. About you about know, like, three... go ahead. Did he also work on the moon landing? I'm just, you know, I'm I'm being facetious. I'm You're not funny. really a conspiracy theorist. I just thought, yeah, it's okay to to say that. Throw it out there. It's okay to say that. There's no censorship on my show. There's stuff I don't <laughs> like, but there's no censorship. Yeah. You know, and it's I'll I'll just say I don't believe that. App, though. I just you know, like up and I think it's pretty much anything. Anything. I'll put it in the chat then. Okay, the so there's some leaks the here after. in the chat. Um, maybe, the maybe are those they... biscuit recipes 
Jonathan? No, the, the last one is the entire movie, The Day After. Oh, The so Day After, okay. I'm gonna watch. And the one before Perfect. that was relating to uh, the Daniel look at the one before that about the whole literacy thing. I did see that. Generation. Okay, uh, let me let me get try stuff. to get Greg again to, to come up here. I'm gonna invite him to speak to see if he'll talk to us about uh, anything. Anything about anything. And then I'm gonna also pick on North because he decided to pop in. What's, what's on your bucket list, North? talk to us. Be like, nah, North is going to go shooting, I think. That would be interesting. <laughs> He's a repressed shooter person. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Let's I mean, guess. I have some ammo He'll I just haven't tell used because it's too expensive, but I would probably take uh, an hour to fire it all off. Hey, North. Hey, there you go. It's been a while. Um, I don't have a bu uh, I do have an interesting dream from about two years ago. Where, like cool. I lit up I've always thought about it like there's a very specific place that I'm at uh, where I live and like I just have this scene in my head and at the time I was like yeah that seemed like a nuclear bomb in my dream hmm. and now it always makes me think like I think I'm gonna avoid that place for the next couple of months I'm just not gonna <laughs> go there because I, I don't want to act out this dream. Huh. Huh. Maybe I'm definitely going to die right away because this St. Mary's, Georgia has a giant Navy base here. And I'm definitely going to be vaporized immediately. Uh. You mean because you're in the path of, of a nuke? Like there's, there, yeah. You won't have this time to suffer from radiation just, uh, It's, eco the, it's, it's economical backbone. Is the, yeah, it's a military installation where they make submarines <laughs> and... Yeah, it's it's bad. I would, Why I would did you choose to go value. there? Because the sailboats. Yeah. A, I mean, but how many marinas are, are there in? It, didn't wouldn't you want to go someplace like well, Connecticut or, or Marina del Rey? You no, know, I've been down here before. Like Fernandina Beach is where I lived on a boat before many years. Fernandina ago. Beach is way better than a military installation. Well, it's just across the sound. It's right over there. It's not far away. Like it's. You can see it from the base. You can see for like Georgia and Florida. I'm right there on the border. The Florabama shore. No, not mm -hmm. that's the that's the other. <laughs> that's the Gulf Yeah, you're by like Amelia Island. I'm a, exactly Amelia Island, and then Cumberland Island is. Too oh, Georgia. Amelia Island is so amazing. That's Have you ever I, been uh, there? I lived there for a year. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Amelia Island. I was taken there as a kid, and we went well, there three or four times. If you come back, you got to so look amazing. up so that we can get drunk on gin. I'm not a gin drinker. I think I would probably be well, more whatever. of a wino person. Well, there's wineries, yeah. I, I'm sure. But, yeah, I'm not much of a wine drinker anymore. And you know what? Since yeah. my, my situation, like, I had, I had a, 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 like, an intolerance when I was up in Seattle. Something happened to me, and um, my recessive traits were aggravated. And I developed some weird intolerance to to alcohol, and I got I got you know the whole what is it that flushing the the kind of like the bloom that hives? you get. No, it's not hives. It's like um, eczema. A Asians get it when they 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 have a specific name. Just for like it, rosacea. It's not rosacea. It's um I can't remember, but basically your extremities get really hot and you flush. You flesh yeah, really strong. It's just called being drunk. 
No. no I, had a, I had a friend that happened to too, and like. Do you know what I'm talking was, about? He, he was Russian, and uh, like just he would like think the that would face. be like the last person it would happen to. But it's an embarrassment to his people. He just he just drank too much for too long, and his body was like no more, and he developed an allergy to it. Well, I didn't I didn't have like a like a drinking problem or anything, and and the thing was is that it just it just flamed up all step of a sudden. Is admission, though. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, if I was a raging drunk, that then you know it would make it was mysterious. Denial is the first. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. But um, I, I noticed that. Um, so I, I didn't have any alcohol for years and years while I was up in in Washington State, which sucked because they had amazing like craft brewers, and they had mm-hmm. uh, all the wineries were up there. And then I had I had I think a, a glass of wine recently, and nothing happened. I think it was psychosomatic, which is crazy. Like I didn't feel good about where I was. I, I think it's made how bad alcohol is for you. Like it's just so ingrained in our society that it, it. I would think that your reaction to it is actually more normal than our tolerance for it. <laughs> like it's poison, you know. That's what alcohol is. It's just well, I mean, I'm different... not advocating for alcoholism. What I'm saying is that there was something that was going on there that was trying to communicate strongly because I have I have Native American genes, but it's never been an issue. But I also share, you know, Caucasian genes, like European genes. There's and a then... difference between a distilled spirit and a fermented malt beverage, like wine and distilled spirit. Is we like, know that, Jonathan. It's like, but one is poison. <laughs> and the other one's more like food for some people. Yeah, I, I've heard people say that wine is a food, but I don't believe that. I mean, it's still alcohol, right? Alcohol. It, it is. Is is not. <laughs> it's not healthy for your body. Um, and yet, people who drink red wine with polyphenols live longer than anybody. Yeah, but else that's because course. of the polyphenol part, not the. Not you know, the just take an aspirin. It's the drunk. same thing. Just take an aspirin every day, and you're, you'll get the same effect. If if you don't want to be a well, wine. Alcohol is a blood thinner, and it can sort of. We're off topic. North, what would you do? What would you do if this is the last day? I don't day? know. What did you guys say? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Get we're asking you. What, what do you want to do in the last 18 hours of your of your God-given life? Oh, shit. I don't know, man. See, see a really good concert, I suppose. I think okay. it would be cool to, to be at like a really good music festival because that would be an what, amazing What would that show. be? For you, um, well, I just saw Roger Waters a couple weeks ago, That's which not was bad. cool. Okay. Roger Waters, what's that? Yeah, yeah. What is? That's what he has. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad. So I saw Pink him Floyd, because he's he's 79 now, 80, 80 something. Sure. Yeah, he's limited um, time only. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm actually gonna go see Elton John in a couple weeks here, which will be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. North, what generation are you? Are you? I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I don't know. I'd love to see like I, I'd love to be at just like a, a new music festival with a lot of new stuff, and then you know a nuclear bomb might be a great light show to go out on. So. <laughs> at least it would be kind of like we would all be dead together, kind of thing. Yeah, like that would be like a shared experience. We would all kind of be dead together. I wonder if a nuclear bomb is the only thing that could ruin a, a MDMA high. 
What's that? <laughs> well, MDMA is just like no matter what happens, everything is still fine. Yeah. But a nuclear bomb might be the one thing that gets through. When you like, say MDMA, are fine. you talking about X? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you would would you roll? Like, would I be high before the nuclear bomb drops? Yeah, yeah would, but would you roll specifically? Uh, what do you mean roll? I've never heard that Well, that, that's before. what people say. When you, when you do X, you, you roll on X. Oh. oh. That's, yeah, that's I mean, Gen X. If I, if I knew it was going to happen, <laughs> I mean, if I'm honest about it, I'd probably be hanging out with my family and not There you high. go. <laughs> yes. but so you wouldn't roll on X with cool. your family. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you were honest, you would not be rolling. Um, you know, some people, if they were alone and they were separated from their family, I could see that they would probably they would probably go to a cuddle puddle somewhere, find one. Yeah. If I was at a music festival and I could drop Molly, then uh, yeah, that would be a close second. The only difference between a cuddle puddle and an orgy is just a couple items of clothing, a few pieces of fabric between you and everybody else, and ambition. <laughs> Intention. <laughs> if you're rolling, a cuddle puddle is likely to turn into an orgy. Sure. That that would be kind of gross. I don't think I could handle that. But I would I would I would uh, I would exit the building and let you guys do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Just boys. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. Sex and Moss to me seems a little gross. Hey, it's the last day on Earth. You might as well find out 100% I mean, sure if I'm gay or not. I'm like, you know, there's always that little lingering doubt in the back of your mind. Like, hey, is it really just because I never tried it? Well, it's one day to go. Might as well find out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Throw, throw, oh, the, okay. uh, throw the dice. Throw the, the dice. Sex dice. Right. Sex dice. So, you know, like, try it before you die. You know? Yeah. Um... Let me see. What else would I do? I, I said that I would I would go to the store, I would buy all the flowers, and then I would cook all my food, and then I would go outside, and then I would um, I'd probably spend some time with my my special person. Um, but I would I would definitely call on my family. What else would you do? Would you Would you read a book, or what would you do specifically that you wouldn't get to do? Like you've got four hours left. What would you do? Is there any possibility of survival? No, we're all dying in, okay. in like okay, four I'm hours. Just checking. Okay, I'm just checking. How about this? If if the aftermath was going to be like a Fallout game type post apocalyptic world where everything sucks, would you want to live in that? Like, no, that's why we're doing 18 hours, 4 hours only. You that's, sound that's like my wife, North. Like, she's such a nihilist. Whenever we watch anything like that, she's like, I'd just kill myself. Like, why are you trying to live with, like, 99%? <laughs> Curiosity. Like, just give up. Like, what are, why are would, you trying so hard? I would fight, I would fight a zombie apocalypse. Zombie yeah, apocalypse like, seems like it would be fun, but a nuclear like, apocalypse, just, not. Not fun. She's like, yeah. I'm one of the first ones to go. She, that, that's like her staunch take on it. She's like, yeah, but but yeah, all the things you that can you fight, but without, I'm gonna just let him take me. Yeah, I would want to be with the without, animals. I don't have already, so I got nothing to lose. So it's like not that different. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I hear you. Would you go skateboarding? It's, it's obviously instinct. 
like you got nuclear fallout around and so like your your skin just like slowly melting off your face uh, I, yeah I that's later know. like you got four hours left left before bad things happen <laughs> okay. okay that's later like do all the things what do all the things on the bucket list like what what else is on the bucket list it's just all food for me like i'd probably just go to an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet or something you know like oh that sounds great um, would you would you uh, go to the playground and and do the slide and do all the all the fun things? Would you go to the fair and ride all the rides? Because there's the there's the Texas fair. I would. That's something I didn't think about. Would there be any ride operators at the fair? I think there would be. I think they would just let people ride on the rides for free, and and they would play all day until Stop we got blown up. going to the fair because it's it was it's not fun anymore. Otherwise, I'd be doing it now. Are right you now. kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's the last day. You could good. go to an amusement park and people would be there? No. Yes, they would. They would go to the park. Not. No, they would. I'm saying I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. Well, that's not what you would do. I'm thinking about it. I think it would, you know, because there would be like all the, the bad food, all the funnel cake and all the. Last new... time I went to Adventureland, I was like, this is like hell. Why do I do this? I don't even like this place. Okay. I don't like these people. Well, it's not, it's like not your crowds. thing. Would you would you go in all the fun houses and stuff? That's probably why, you know, Zombie Land is called Zombie Land. It's like they they came to the same conclusion that it's not that fun. I I I love amusement parks. I think that would be fun. Because they're amusing. That's why they're called amusement parks. <laughs> yeah. I live in Cincinnati. We have Kings Island here. I could see riding the Beast like four hundred times, like as the. Yeah, the scrambler. <laughs> yeah. See, I grew up in Panama City Beach, and it's like basically an eternal. When I was there, it was like an eternal like amusement park. We had roller coaster rides, and it was like t-shirt shop, head shop, you know, go kart thing, yeah. mazes, putt putt golf, and then just some other amusement. Like there was like these these um. You know, like, this is Florida, so I, completely decadent, um, amusement only. You could do the, the sky lift stuff where basically you could go, go out there, surfing lessons. I mean, just endless, 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 you know? That's why I have no, like, no compunction to go to Vegas because it's just Florida, you know, in a, in a highly concentrated thing. But it might actually be interesting to still go and see what it's like but it's it's all very high stimulation bright lights crazy things going on loads of entertainment inescapable amounts of entertainment and exposure just to like blah stimuli you know dancing till you drop kind of thing but you know it's full living i would just shuffle until i, I couldn't shuffle anymore Every day I'm shuffling. I would just do the shuffle till I died from exhaustion. So you would drink, you would dance, you would uh, love your people, and then no, I wouldn't. And... I would not see my family. I would go. See oh, okay. Them. They're out. They're out. And I don't. I don't. Okay. Hate them or what anything. wouldn't you do? Okay. That, that's that's the other thing on, on this on this uh, podcast that was in the description. Okay. What tasks are you dropping immediately? No, and I'm I think not work was one of them. Drivel. I'm not going to go to this the store and anywhere where a bunch of people are and I'm not going to go to the amusement park. Okay, so you're going to be be by your own. Hey. I mean, with if a few people want to come sailing, that's fine, but not crowds. 
Yeah, so you got some people in the boat. Hey, North, what would you drop immediately? What would you not do? You'd be like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, I'll probably jump on my motorcycle and try and get somewhere as fast as possible. Um, I don't That'd know, be top of a mountain is cool. That would be fun. Yeah, you have a mountain, I have an ocean, but I, I think we have a similar... Yeah. I want to see it from the place where it'll look different out there, you know? And plus, I'll try to dive under the waves and see if they protect me just as a last-ditch effort from the blast. Not that this radiation won't kill me immediately afterwards. Uh, <laughs> boil or... Yeah, I'll boil. That'll be even worse, actually. I shouldn't... I think <laughs> there would be, like, instant vaporization. I think I think people would not last very long. And the the one thing I think would be very important to me is to to enjoy all the birds and see all the crawling things and be with nature as much as possible. See, that's a meal. There's ospreys, cormorants, like a thousand different aquatic species, cranes that have a wingspan like seven feet. Oh, the, the anahinga. There's alligators <laughs> that someone loses a Yeah, I did it already. I did every it already. year. <laughs> see, I grew up in Florida. I, I know, I know all the riches. Rigid, I've, ha I've experienced all the riches of Florida. And all the, the diverse uh, moral de decrepitudes as well. So I, I've had enough. I did it for like 11 years and I had to get out. So. Now I'm doing other thing. things with my life, so, which I'm really happy to be in Texas. I'm really, really, really happy to be in Texas. So I, I would want to be in Texas when Why the world... Why are you happy to be in Texas? Because it's where I... It's where my family is from. And it's where... I am from, like where I was born. And like, I how are your days different in a way that you like? I just, I just like being around other Texans. That's so weird to say, maybe you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about anybody else. Like, so I like being around other Texans. I like being around people who are friendly and who think openly, maybe, and have casual conversations and make colloquial jokes. And like to listen to fun music and wear boots and talk about lots of things and have fun political opinions and then they make jokes. You know, kind of a light, you know, classical liberal Fair way enough. of living. Not not too heavy. Not too heavy. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. I can see you in boots now. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you guys are probably all shocked to not hear me ranting about Ukraine and Russia right now, so... Well, I mean, Ukraine and Russia would be, yeah. I mean, I there's room for it if you want to, if you want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, I just, I appreciate you making it, you know, making it a little bit lighter on this platform. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it got too thick with, like, disapproval and, you know, people get Haiti and, did you know that Haiti, like, when you say the word Haiti, it's, it is actually pronounced the same way as Haiti, like, the, the country? Like, Anthony Amin always pr pronounces it Haiti. <laughs> the people are actually Haiti on the, yeah. on the platform. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Be hating. They be hating. So, um, so, but there's room. There's room for actual insights about Ukraine and, and Russia. I think Putin's a madman, but he hasn't done anything crazy yet. He's like crazy old grandpa, like, I'll blow it all up! Crazy Russian grandpa. I'll do it. I'll do it. 
I'll turn this boat around and I will blow every one of you up. But I'm not bluffing is what a bluffer would say. But then he might not be too, so you just don't know. He's crazy. He's a crazy old he's Soviet crazy. so-and-so, and I don't, I don't trust him. You should not trust Putin. No one trusts Putin. Not even That's exactly right. Putin. You know why? Because he's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a beating heart alive that, quote, trusts Putin. I don't think you have to talk anybody out of trusting Putin. I don't think his but, kids trust him, and they had no. to rely on him for survival. Daniel? Greg? I still think that he's getting what he wants. I still, you know, like, how are the dollar and the ruble both up? Because there's never really a contest. It's like, he's going to get Donbass and Luhansk, and the rest of NATO, uh, the rest of Ukraine is going to join NATO, and that's going to be the end of it. And that's going to be the end of a lot of things, if that happens. I don't, I don't personally don't think Sorry, it's a good here. idea to join NATO at this point. Yeah, they were well, never a, really credentialed. In the first place. They're not a credentialed nation. They are, they are an Eastern Bloc nation. They're not strategic like Turkey. You know, they, they didn't get grandfathered in the way that Turkey did. Well, I the don't rest trust of the Eastern Bloc is already in NATO. If you think so when you say the resources. Eastern Bloc, what do you mean? Oh, I just mean like, I'm talking like a lot of the Balkan states are now part you of You mean like Estonia? NATO. Yeah, Lithuania. But losing Estonia wasn't an invasion worthy. Losing all that farmland in Ukraine definitely was because maybe it wasn't officially NATO yet. But I hang my hat on that moratorium, twenty-year moratorium on the sale of Ukrainian farmland foreigners expired in July twenty uh, twenty-one. Can you expound on that, Jonathan? Someone else brought that up, or maybe you did previously. Yeah, some other sh- some other room. Yeah, so yeah, no, it was illegal you, to sell. Are you Ukrainian saying farmland? Too foreign. Are you saying that now you're now Putin's worried that Americans are going to be buying Ukrainian farmland, or is Ukraine worried that Russia not is not going to buy up all their farmland? But any, any or foreign investor in NATO, members of NATO countries and the wealthy amongst them are going to own Ukrainian farmlands anyway in, in, in a private property, not just country, but a private property world. The holder of the deed is the king, not the government, because the government sure. just protects the interest of the deed holder. That's a when people are like, oh, yeah, the cops are just property defenders. That's all countries. That's true. So yes. they're going to defend the deed holder, and the surplus value of the entire thing is going to be going to essentially NATO countries. That The rush is going to be pushed out of the market. And so he's like, so what if they're not a member of NATO? It's a moot point. That ship has sailed. It's not going to come my way. The value isn't going to come my way. Mm. They're going to take a loss just to keep me out of the market. It happens all the time. So that's why he went in. He's like, I need my cut of this. I need my so cut it's of this easier to, game. like, destroy a nation than to take on private. Obviously, it's easier to destroy anything <laughs> than it is to build it or care for it. God. Yeah. No. Here, I'll just I, smash I, yeah, this. I'm done with Jonathan, that. Jonathan, have you read where, like, you know, Russia now controls $13 trillion worth of resources? That's what it was about uh, in the Ukraine. time. Yeah. So you got to think in terms of resources. How politics. controlled can it be if it's a war? Honestly, not, you know, well, like how it's much control this year? It's a control in the next growing season. Like they have time. And they'll, they'll sack two, three years as long as they don't. They're not they're going to the get any growing done. Nothing will be produced of any any sustainable worth because in wars, everything get, gets blown up as a strategic interest. Anything, all 
guarantees are pulled completely off of the map. And that's one of the things that I know that Tulsi Gabbard said that I can take to the military bank and cash that action check. But is that that nothing is guaranteed. But it, it is guaranteed that he was going to get nothing if he did nothing. That's mm -hmm. a guarantee. It's a risk to do something, yeah, but it was a there's nothing he, he has nothing to lose. Jonathan, have you done any military time? I'm just curious. Like were you ever enrolled in any military no, actions? No, they'll never get they'll never get me. My okay. brother went right. to Iraq a couple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I grew up in the military and I can tell you for sure that if you are in an active war or a hot war that um that that nothing is for sure. Like anyone and anything can become a target. Civilian, if it's not nailed down, and even if it is, uh, it could get blown up or used as a strategic interest in a, in a war. They will take any blunt object, okay, and use it to smash the other guy. That's what war is. And so, while there is a Fire. hot war going on in Ukraine between Ukraine and, and, and Russia, and you know while we are funding it, while it is not ceased. While active combat ensues, there are no guarantees. You can't grow anything. You can't manufacture a business. You can do nothing of, of any guarantee. <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard, zero cred. Craig, before, get up here and say something. Before there was a war in Ukraine, he was going to lose access without a war. That's, that's the point. He has nothing to lose because he might not get it. You might be right. The NATO countries might salt his earth that he's trying to get he's going to get nothing out of it. That might happen. But he was going to lose it anyway if he did nothing. He's going to lose the market. Access to wheat grown in Ukraine. So what was his fealty in that area? Because I don't think it was his to, to own. No, it's definitely not. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying. This is an imperialistic agenda. And there is real imperialism. 100%. I don't. I don't want to, you know, invalidate the fact that imperialism or imperialistic aims exist. I certainly crow about it a lot when it comes to to the to the um, slow-moving protectorate, uh, the paternalistic empire of China, trying to, you know, buy their way into everything. And if they can't, then they'll, you know, they'll just try to buy in their way. <laughs> I didn't mean to try to vindicate him morally. I'm just explaining. No, no, there's no morality here, head. man. Nobody like, would sit there and go, wow, Putin, what a moral guy. I'm just not scratching my head. Why would he do such a thing? It seems perfectly obvious to me why he would do such a thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he needed to. But then, of course, you know, this is Putin logic, and it doesn't have to be sane. He's a madman. <laughs> yeah. He's one yeah. of those people that thinks you need to flex occasionally just to hold on to power. Yeah, he's clear he's, demands that he made was. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, the, that's why ahead. one of the only clear demands that he made was that Ukraine stay out of NATO. Uh, he thought he was actually going to accomplish that and then still come in. Essentially, you know, maybe he would have waited a couple more years, but uh, I think you're absolutely right, Jonathan. That that was one of the only that was like the clearest demand that he was making. Because he wanted it to be as easy as possible for Not him to take whatever to he wanted. Okay. Yes. All right. I mean, if, but if trade is no longer good enough, he has to own it. Um, then that's somebody that has another, you know. Well, he also agenda. doesn't think that Ukraine should exist. Like. No, 
yeah, there's apart a lot from of Russia, things. That's... that's very clear. Okay. This is why he's a delusional, you know, pseudo monarch. You know, the oligarch. He's a delusional oligarch with, with mental health problems. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't like in life, but I don't I don't go try to bomb a people. An otherwise, you know, economically productive agri- agrarian culture and <clears throat> throw their democracy into complete and utter downward spiral to make someone who is an anti-corruption guy turn into an absolute dictator. That's who he's become in war. Um, you know, it, war turns people into, you know, otherwise decent people into terrible people. They do things that they normally would never, never, ever, ever do. And so I think that, that I don't know, I think this is all should go away, should all end. And all the death-making should end. You know, I'm going to be the unrealistic one at this point. You know, I'm going to let the little eight-year-old person inside of me say there should be no war and we should all live together and be happy and go see all the zoo animals. Just get along, man. <laughs> we should get along and there should be no war and then all the, sh- the children should go to school and make good grades and we should be happy and do happy things together and, and, uh, and, and be safe. That's what I think. It's totally unrealistic, but I'm going to ask for it anyway. Well, okay. you can go tell Putin to go home and see how he responds. I will stick my tongue out at Putin and razz him. There's, not, there's nothing I can do about Putin. Putin doesn't care what I think. <laughs> All we can do is navel gaze about the, the Holocaust. Right, exactly, and do your bucket list. I'll make biscuits. See, my cat will make biscuits over here, and then you will also make biscuits. You'll make real biscuits, and he'll make make little cat biscuits. So, so I'm just gonna try to be happy. There's, there's too much catastrophizing. I really had a great time in this room, so I, I appreciate you guys spending spending some of your lifetime with me, because with when you're dependent on crazy people, it just kind of makes your life suck. And uh, I don't want that guy to have the nuclear powers. So I think that the people around him who, who dealt with brinksmanship, I think particularly Russians are sick of brinksmanship. And and crazy ex-Soviet so-and-sos were, were leveraging a sword over their head because they didn't want to get bombed by Americans. Do you, did did sure. you did you want to get bo- hey Greg do, do you want to get bombed by American nukes like I don't want to be no and we're the only ones who's ever dropped this is one. honestly Sheila I think this is honestly the the most optimistic I've felt during the entire war so far so um well thank you I mean at least we're having a conversation well I mean like just with the, with what has happened in the past seventy two hours. Uh, Ukraine has made insane gains on multiple fronts. Uh, and, you know, obviously everyone knows, like, the 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 inverse of that is that the more Putin loses, the more unpredictable he comes. That sucks. But I actually think, and I know, like, I would get eviscerated for saying any decision NATO ever made would be good but uh, on this platform. But... Why would you They're... be eviscerated? Because like, go ahead and people say, like, say it anyway, and then I'll ask NATO, you about that later. Because NATO is evil incarnate, so like they literally can't make a, a good choice to the majority of the people on this platform. 
not that's not my take on it uh but just to, just to say you know nato has basically telegraphed to russia that if russia makes any sort of nuclear strike that they will not respond with nukes no matter what that their response will be fully conventional and that conventional response will be basically the the complete evisceration of the russian forces in and around ukraine and like we're all oh Greg sure came back he, he he came back just to hear you say that it's like a greeting yeah card. i know greg and we're buddies and and he like we enjoy hearing each other talk about ukraine on this platform were you the daniel <laughs> that was in the room with the robot that's me head? that's, that's you me. okay well i was listening to you talk and then i asked i asked both of you about ed snowden do you know if he's been if he's been conscripted does anybody has anybody heard anything i i don't know but just just to put a pin in it that i i think it's actually a positive that nato has said no matter what we aren't going to and you know mutually assured destruction by nuclear forces uh we're just going to make sure that the the only assured destruction will be the the sure destruction of you putin and your your army um and so like you know like i like it all sucks like you said like uh, it'll all be sucking like, no one <laughs> besides like a few crazy people in the world no one's really pro-war you know it's like it's not really a, a a grand gesture to say I'm anti-war. It's like okay, yes, and like you're also like probably like anti-paper cuts. You know, like we all are. Like they suck. Uh, so just just saying that like it's not it's all bad. But to me, that's like one of the least bad things that I've heard lately is that you know like those things also mean it's not a frozen conflict or a forever war uh like in the gains that ukraine's making like none of it is pointing to that this is going to be a forever war uh ukraine is 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 destroying russia right now in the Kherson front and in the northern and eastern front uh they back 20 percent of the land in on the Kherson front yesterday or sorry in the past 48 hours uh which is equal to uh, Connecticut and Rhode Island hmm. is how much land they, they took back yesterday. Or sorry, in the past 48 hours. Well, I mean, was it and strategic? So, was it strategic <clears throat> land? It's ab- it's absolutely yeah. It's not just tactical. It's it's extremely strategic because that is that is Russia's only path to Odessa, which is also very clearly one of Putin's like pie in the sky goals, hmm. and it's basically showing that it's never going to happen. And doing that, this is also where they have that uh, they have that group of about twenty to twenty five thousand Russian troops, basically uh, de facto encircled against a river. Uh, is it the Bundestag? Is it no? Is that is that German? The Bundestag? Yeah, yeah, that's German. Okay, so yeah, so... just yeah, no, it's the Dnipro River, uh, which sits on. Uh, which is where the city of Kherson sits um, in the southwest of Ukraine. And just say, you know, like, Ukraine is is making serious gains that ago we couldn't have actually fathomed. 
Okay. Even so... even on Russian propag like even on Russian state TV, uh, one of the propagandists just asked one of the military higher ups what they were like. You know, why do we take land inch by inch and Ukraine takes land village by village? Like she was pissed. You know, the the one lady who's uh, you know always always. Uh... I just want to read this really fast. Putin's war was supposed yeah. to deter NATO and cause two new countries to join NATO. Do. Yeah, I mean, they had Finland join NATO, which had never, ever happened before. Correct. Correct. And that just never would have happened before the invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine ever. <clears throat> ever. They didn't have any reason. But also, I mean, he's he's done really weird things, and he's set back the credibility of, of the Russian Federation for a long time. But, you know, not forever, I don't think. I mean, I think people are relatively forgiving of the, of the Russian people. And if they get a different guy, I think we would we would have better Russian policy. Because we had, you know, okay to, to you know, decent relations with Russia for many years. I mean, there's always been That's right. frictions. But, you know. Yeah. I, I've actually been to Moscow. Like, uh, prior to last year... Ironically, it was like the only place I had been to in Europe um, in my life, and uh, it was wonderful. Loved it. I have friends there, and um, it's just so bizarre how like so few people can, you know, like uh, absolutely twist entire populations. You know, like it's just. It's bizarre, but then, like, you know, like, but you see a person in front of you, it's so much harder to hate them. Like, it's just so silly, and, like, um, I don't know. It, it It's just bizarre to me that we keep finding ourselves in these situations. Like, you really thought it would have gotten, gotten, um, uh, happen less over time. Yeah, 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 like, you know, like, with, with globalization and with, like, you know, there were less faceless avatars out there, and, like, we were able to see, like, oh, everyone everywhere is just Yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there are pluses and, and minuses. There are pluses, I'm sorry, um, but there are pluses no, and minuses to, to, to globalization. There were definitely I agree, I agree. Actors who took it too far, like, the World Economic Forum clique that, yes. um, uh, that I complain about on a routine basis that becomes kind of like a a, um, a jawbone saw between me and others um, because they have they have a universalist agenda and if you don't agree and you have national interest you know and then for some reason if you buy those national interests you somehow become some sort of international criminal or or you're, you're somehow a poor or bad character for merely stating this is not in my nash national interest you know does it make me a a visceral flag-waving nationalist not necessarily i mean i'm i'm proud of my country i don't want to submit to another country and i certainly don't want to submit to a corporatist cabal of you know faceless unelected officials who want to tell me what to do with my life when i have when I have rights and freedoms that, you know, were better regarded before they were in charge. Um, but now we're under this weird uh, scaffolding. You know, like the, there's an impairment of civil liberty 
that is ongoing. I mean, I think that there's always going to be challenges to civil liberty, but um, globalization has has significantly impaired civil libertarian interests internationally because they allowed um, force to be ascendant, meaning chaotic force and force to be ascendant. And because there's a power struggle to be the head of the snake. And so I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that that's that's right. I think that we should decentralize our interests, but you know, I may not get what I want right away. Uh, but decentralization was what part of what Trump was about. And so people who <clears throat> you know, maybe they had hackles about Trump kind of kind of backed off because he was doing the dirty and very hard work of of uh, representing the interests of decentralization and, and a really super chaotic situation that was not not beneficial to to our national interest and there is a national interest in America you may not agree with it you may not like it but there is a national interest so last call what are you doing it's an hour before we all blow up what are you doing <laughs> T-minus, T-minus 59 minutes. What are you doing? What are you doing? I think probably 40 minutes ago, I started the movie UHF with my family. Ah. <laughs> do you do a sing-along? Like, would you do a sing-along? Are you familiar? UHF with the... With yeah, the... Weirdo. With Weird Al Yankovic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is our, our family favorite. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll switch so, over. And, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's a fun I think, movie. I think, that's, I think that's how we would go down as a family. Uh, it's it's uh, wildly underrated. Do you have a dog and it, or cat? It really holds up. A... Yes, we do. We have a pomapoo. A pomapoo, Jonathan. Yeah. Do you have a, Do you have a pet of any kind that you can bring on on the sailboat? Uh, no. There's a couple of shelties at the house I'm staying at. Mm. Just take them. <laughs> There's only an hour left. <laughs> they would. They'll donate. They'll lend you a sheltie. All right. So that's it. I think I'm gonna wrap it there, um, guys. Thank you for joining. Uh, What's on your nuclear bucket list for this edition of The Unsanctioned Citizen? It's been fun. Um, kind of get some comic relief around the whole nuclear pressurization. But, you know, I mean, things things are looking up. We don't have to endure the uh, hanging sword of the madman indefinitely. It will end eventually. So um, thank you for and joining. And, and uh, come, come back and, and <laughs> listen for the uh, Nils Melser reading. That's coming up tomorrow, and that, I think I'm going to air that at four four ish four p.m. Central Standard Time. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.